planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Welcome to the Ever Black Podcast. On this episode, we are joined by my good buddy, James. How's it going, man? Yeah, not too bad for Sunday evening. How about yourself? Yeah, good, dude. Yeah, good. So you recently had a chat to Ross and Richard from Haken, who will be touring the country next month. Now, how did you get introduced to the Prog Legends? Well, well my, my former flatmate and uh, drummer for the Green Whistle, uh, Simon Holm, is a gigantic Haken geek. Um, so I'd never heard of him, which is kind of a rare thing for me, until he uh, insisted that I come join him to see them on their last Australian tour. And needless to say, I was particularly blown away. These guys are just incredible musicians. Um, uh, make me a guitarist of what, 25 years look like an utter amateur, which I pretty <laughs> much am. But, I mean, these guys are pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, I heard that they were just uh, amazing on their last tour. And, uh, you know, they've been slogging it out for years now. And well, it's, it's 10 years. 10 years uh, anniversary now, so um, pretty impressive. Well, it seems like it's starting to sort of hit globally for them now, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's what they said in the interview. They've, um, I mean, they're one of those bands also because, because their music's so well thought out and everything like that, and they're not necessarily a jam band. They've got members... Mm all around the world, so that probably helps with that kind of thing as well. Part of that band is also Mike Portnoy's band as well, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, Mike Portnoy uh, from Extreme Theatre, uh, he's uh, handpicked some of those guys to uh, be, be part of his solo band, which is incredible. I believe that they they did some shows. They, they did came here with him and then they came back. They played yeah. Frogfest with him and... Um, were pretty blown away and um, I mean they're all massive massive Dream Theatre fans and Port Noy mm. fans as well so that was a bit of a dream come through and they talk about that during the interview as well of course you know you said Sai's a big fan um, he's probably most definitely going to go see them again what are you guys looking forward to about uh, seeing them on this upcoming tour oh just a whole gig I mean they were fantastic last time just looking forward to being blown away again so I'll uh, make sure I glue my feet to the floor, otherwise I'll get my shoes blown off again. <laughs> awesome, man. Like well, it's not at the zoo again, because um, even though it was middle of winter last time, it was pretty damn hot, and those boys um, those boys definitely felt it coming from the UK. What's well, uh, at the bright side this time? Perfect. They've got yeah. air conditioning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, <laughs> you can catch Hagen... On, in June 2019 for their Australian New Zealand tour dates. Uh, kicks off in Auckland on Wednesday the 5th of June, and that's at Galatos. Uh, then they head to Brisbane Thursday the 6th of June at the Brightside. Friday the 7th of June in Sydney at the Factory Theatre. Saturday 8th of June in Melbourne at Max Watts, and then wraps up Sunday 9th of June in Adelaide at the Gov. Tickets are on sale now at www davidroywilliams.com tours slash Hagen tour. 
Uh, also, before we go into the interview, we have to mention that this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Blacklight Art and Design, who are our go-to for all our screen printing needs. They've done all our hats and shirts for Everblack Media, and uh, they've got an awesome turnaround. So check them out at www.blacklightad.com.au. Show is also brought to you by our good friends at RW Promotion, who are the best in the biz when it comes to stickers, flyers, banners, badges, and all other promo you need for your band or business. Go check them out at www.rwpromotion.com.au. One last one, which is uh, give a shout-out to our good friends at Lump of Punks Axe Rain Club, who now have two venues in Queensland, one in Miami on the Gold Coast and the other in West End in Brisbane. All sessions are 1.5 hours in length and comprise of a safety induction, instruction on tactical tomahawks and hatchets, and then competitive play. Receive 10% off your session when quoting Everblack in your booking notes. Terms and conditions apply. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube and Everblack podcast through iTunes. Isn't that right, James? Yes, that is. Absolutely. I just threw a lot of words at you. You did. You did. I picked up some of them. Three, I think, um, pay and then um, things and then stuff. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you did. (laughs) Well, here is your interview with Haken. Thanks for joining us uh, once again, my friend. No problems, bro. On time. You guys have been together for around about 10 years now. you're just celebrating your 10-year anniversary, but um, over the course of that time, what have been your real career highlights? Yeah, it's amazing. Like, from the beginning, we were, like, recording our demos in our bedrooms, you know, that was, yeah. like, that's the start of, of it all. Like, who knew where it was going to go? It was just a kind of fun thing to do for us, like a kind of pipe dream. Yeah, maybe one day we'll, you know, play like Dream Theater do and stuff like this. <laughs> and um, no, over the course of time, like, I guess it's part luck, but part persistence and um, owning our craft and being in the right place at the right time and knowing the right people. And it's it's grown to what it has today. And we're we're so proud to be like doing this stuff like almost for a living. You know, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's been um, a long process. And I think earlier you mentioned highlights. So for me, I, that's the the prog prog nation 2014. That was a big moment for us because we've now we've grown up being massive fans of Dream Theater and Mike Portnoy, and for him to invite us on a cruise ship and um, with a lot of our favorite bands at that time was mm-hmm. uh, quite a memorable experience for me, at least. And yeah, every time we do it, play in a new country for the first time, actually, is, is a big highlight for me, anyway. Um, like the first time we went to America, the first time we did Australia in 2017, uh, these are all big deals, you know, for us, like little um like bucket list points that we can tick off each time um but yeah that's um and yeah like i keep bringing up mike portnoy <laughs> like uh that that shattered fortress um opportunity was like a massive highlight for us as, as um individuals i'd say personally i've got a really punk approach to writing music so just very throw it on a page and off we go uh, whereas I, I'm always so in awe of bands like yourselves who can pull together such intricate albums. And uh, how do you go about writing songs like that and then being able to pull together a couple of hours worth of it for a live show? It's, um, well, with Vector especially, I think it was the most efficient we've ever been as a band. 
we we actually penciled in around about five or six months or so from the beginning of the writing right up to the point we wanted to have the master ready, um, which is a lot more um, efficient and quick than we've ever done it in the past. Um, I guess it for us is the when we're most efficient is when we're all working at it at the same time and we're all on the same page and we're all pushing 100% at it. And the way we did Vector and Affinity was with an online space. So we'll be, one guy might have an idea and they'll kind of pretty much map it out fairly um, fairly detailed and they'll kind of put it onto this online space and someone else might take that idea and develop it further. And it's just a, a case of bouncing those ideas back and forth until we're finally at something that we're all fairly happy with. We're all dotted around the world. So Connor, the bass player, is in Indiana. Um, Me uh, sorry, Diego, the keyboard player, is in Mexico. Um, and the rest of us are in the UK. But it's quite hard for us to just meet up and jam. So we use a program called Logic Audio. And we all have it, so it makes it a lot easier to share those projects. Um, and nowadays, you've got a lot of sample libraries, which allows you to get really authentic sounding um, instruments. So we program drum parts and keyboard parts and piano parts, and we can get it sounding fairly close to what we want it to sound like in our heads. And then obviously we take it further, and then we demo these ideas and record them. Um, and then we record it as a band, and that's when it even takes another direction. So during that whole recording process, um, often the songs will turn out a lot different to um, the actual demos that we created. I've got a mate who's a gigantic fan of Haken. Uh, he actually uh, introduced me to you guys and brought me along to your show uh, at the zoo here in Brisbane. Um, so he's he's pulled together a couple of questions for me that he wants answered. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> anyway, so on the album Visions... Uh, with a number of songs being around uh, a dark premise of dealing with suicide and later realising that the character had actually killed himself, what promoted uh, this as a concept in the song? And was was it from a personal experience that prompted the song? Um, so this is Ross speaking. I, I wrote the lyrics for um, the whole of Visions and it was prompted initially by a, a dream which I um, perceived as a premonition of my own death. And I thought there was an interesting um, idea in there to develop as a kind of fantasy concept story. And I drew a lot of um, inspiration from sci-fi movies such as uh, 12 Monkeys and Minority Report. Um, I'm thinking about, um, you know, controlling dreams and what and premonitions and, I think, and how, how that might um, play out if something like that was real and one were to chase that um, that time that they've that, that they've seen ahead of their um, ahead of their themselves um, in that timeline, and so yeah, that 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 whole concept is about um, a guy chasing uh, trying to stop that moment from happening, and um, but obviously there's questions of fate and whatnot involved. Um, without getting too deep there, uh, that's the kind of general gist of it. And uh, the the track Deathless, you mentioned about the suicides. And, um, that that one in particular was an idea I had, um, just just um, based on that idea that you can't change fate. So uh, the the character in question was, um, you know, t attempting all these methods of suicide um, just to see if like 
things were set in stone or not and and that was really what that that how that came about so your albums all follow um their own very distinct themes and very distinct sounds uh which would you consider your greatest achievement musically to date album wise i feel that every time we write an album we put everything into it and at that point in time that is what that is our favorite album so for me vector at the moment is um probably our greatest achievement i think we've taken a lot of the ideas we've laid down in the past and we've built upon those and we've made it heavier we've made it more melodic and we've just generally made it more kind of detailed Mm -hmm. and dense so yeah i feel that that should always be the kind of uh the reflection of of your taste at that time and also for me the mountain uh, has a special place in my heart i really love that and that resonates with me personally um pretty well so but i mean i I love all of our music for different reasons yeah i feel quite proud because like the last three albums we've we've had these um things we set out to achieve in terms of what we wanted the album to sound like and i feel like we've fulfilled that um on the mountain for example we wanted that gentle giant 70s prog rock vibe and i felt that we we achieved that and um similarly with the 80s stuff in the in the affinity um that was kind of a concept piece I was really proud of as well. So yeah, it's just it's remaining fo- remaining focused on our goals, and uh, that seems to have paid off. Yeah, prog is a genre that uh, really took a nosedive after the seventies. I suppose it really didn't. Um, it really wasn't in forefront in the public consciousness. Um, I mean, a band like, uh, particularly prog metal, a band like Dream Theater has never really gone away. Those guys have been huge for a very long time. But prog as a genre has kind of been marginalized for a long time. But I've noticed in the last couple of years with bands such as yourself and Carnival here in Australia and a bunch of other bands who are really taking prog to the next, uh, the wider audience. Um, how has that really affected you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I still get asked a lot, what kind of music do you play? And I'll say prog, and people will be, will just show me a, an odd face, I'm like, what? What's that? <laughs> and uh, so I still think there's there's room for awareness of this kind of music. It's it's very much a musician's genre. So people who do play an instrument will have an understanding of prog, uh, I think. Um, people who don't are more kind of attuned to radio and mainstream will probably have no idea. But if they were to be played some prog music, they would definitely enjoy it. You know, it's just I don't think mm. it's quite there yet in terms um, in terms of a, a genre hitting the mainstream as such. But there's definitely more awareness. Yeah, but it, it's, it's yeah, it's amazing to see guys like Stephen Wilson over here in the UK. Yeah, uh, he's blowing up out of control, and he's almost crossing over into the mainstream pop market as well as keeping that integrity within the music. He's um, recently, I think maybe uh, late last year, he sold out three shows at the Royal Albert Hall, which is, yeah, which is like a massive venue over here. So I think it's a testament to his songwriting. Um, and he's written some amazing music over the last like 10 years or so. Well, obviously before that as well, Porcupine Tree. Uh, but with his solo stuff, he's really grown it. Um, so I guess that bodes well for the whole industry, really. And I feel that who knows whether it's affected us, but we've just been writing music that we enjoy playing. And uh, we've, we've noticed a kind of gradual growth over the years. Um, but yeah, over the last few yeah. years especially, it's been... Um, I mean, I think the fact that we play prog metal 
is something that's um, that, that's taken it that way because you know it's I think metal is more is more of a cool genre um, to for for kids to listen to you know uh, we're we're definitely we're definitely reaching a younger generation and uh, we can see that in our audiences when we when we tour now um, that our our you know our target audience is not necessarily one particular age group you know it's it's actually quite quite vast. Um, it's also got the ability to reach such a wide audience as well. Well, that's true. Yeah, mm. uh, that's that's definitely a, a thing. It's um, pretty cool. Like sometimes we'll uh, meet fans, and it's like a whole family event. Mm. So they'll come. Like they'll be like grandfathers, mm. like fathers, and their children as well. Mm. So it's like a whole demographic of different people. But uh, but I find the pop the rise in the popularity is is largely um, through that the kind of metal strand. I think I find. Yeah, Beth Townsend, even like bands like um, Animals as Leaders, and, and you've got like you know Caligula's Horse, Your End, and uh, they're all kind of reach, all reaching the younger fans um, because they're playing something a little bit more technically cool. Uh, <laughs> Whereas um, bands like Marillion and IQ, I think they're only they're still just hitting a particular age bracket and um, not necessarily uh, you know as a on the whole, not necessarily reaching the younger audience. Are there any songs that you'd never play live? And uh, if so, why would that be? Uh, ironically, the ones that we haven't played live are actually the ballads, which are probably the easier songs. So we've, um, I think we've, I can't think of a technical song that we haven't played yet, really. Um, no, it's mainly the song Sun from Aquarius. We haven't really played that much. And Bound by Gravity uh, on Affinity. And those two are just really mm. slow, slow burners. And we just decided, I guess, not to play them because um, maybe the crowd would lose interest in a live environment. But we don't know that. But, um, yeah, it's really fun. We like to tackle those technical songs. And it really keeps you on your toes when you're playing live. Yeah. I mean, the, the classic Haken show has a lot of energy. And uh, we... Typically, we don't really put that many ballads in, in our set list, and that's because um, some of our longer songs tend to go that drop drop the energy anyway. You know, we have, have moments in like Falling Back to Earth and The Architect, which which drop in energy, and they, they go through a section which is quite um, chilled, you know. Uh, so, yeah, there's no need to really put another ballad in the set list for, for that reason. But, mm -hmm. but, you know, someday we'll put those in, I'm sure. I'd love to play Laps. Again, that's which is um, one, actually, yeah. one that we haven't played a lot. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're, not, we're not hiding from anything, basically. It's just we're waiting for the right time to drop these songs, I guess. Have you guys considered the concept for your next album yet? No, I mean, ideas are bubbling around right now, and we are thinking about the next record. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's on the cards. <laughs> but I couldn't say much more than that. Yeah, I mean, we've got um, we've got Devin Townsend coming up towards the end of this year in Europe, so that's going to be a massive focus for us um, this year. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully get together and jam through some stuff this year and see see where it takes us. So you guys are getting ready for another Australian tour. Um, we can't wait to have you out here. Last time was a blast. What can we expect from this tour? <laughs> well, we've. Um, We've basically been playing this show since November. We started off in the US. Um, so we're going to be doing a fairly similar show, I guess, to what we've been playing before. We're going to be playing a bunch of um, songs from Vector. 
uh, with a programmed light show as well with a lot of energy in there. But um, by, by this point in the touring schedule, we've got the music fully ingrained in us and uh, it should be fairly tight, I reckon, by this point. Which is mm. Yeah, we can't wait. To see this. It's going to be great fun. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 